This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Raw Reaction Show. Join you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you ever so much, everybody, for joining me. It's very much appreciated. I hope you've had a good start to your week and you're ready to get to the weekend, Thursday. And uh, we're here today to, of course, talk about last night's victory in the Carabao Cup, the prestigious League Cup of which is far beyond any other competition we're currently involved in absolutely uh good morning to everybody joining us uh good morning to those in the chat box uh jump right over to youtube to see uh who actually was first matt g good morning to you to johnny to matthew uh phil martin black shine marcus amira um runs with cows we've got uh pika who uh we've got jalali uh and i think that's where Streamyard picks it up so good morning to you to gonna do to paul uh jimbo tony uh nick meadows uh we've got uh stevie and dave and red star wellness and wallace uh guna jake and amray as well thank you so much everybody rory sorry for tuning in it's very much appreciated thank you for that it means a hell of a lot that you do so so do drop a like on the video do subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. So let's get into today's uh, kind of highlights and slides from yesterday night. Brentford nil, Arsenal won a hard-fought win for Arsenal with some brilliant performances within it. Uh, it was a massively changed team, of course, from the team at the weekend. We saw lots of players given minutes who have not been getting too many starts this season. Kivior, Tomiyasu, Ramsdale more recently, of course, as well. Jorginho, uh, we saw Emil Smith-Rowe start as well with Reese Nelson and uh, and Charles Sago Jr. making his debut, Eddie Nketiah up top this game. But it was Nelson who opened the scoring uh, in fantastic fashion. It was a, a latching on to a, uh, a mistake at the back by Zanka in the end. And uh, Reese Nelson was set up by Nketiah in what I think was a very similar position to the chance that Nketiah had against Spurs. If you remember, he was kind of laid in on the right-hand side. It was probably a bit tighter in that moment. Nketiah went for a shot in that um, position. 
And of course, uh, it was a, a square ball to Nelson. Nelson was in a position where there really wasn't an option in the uh, opportunity against Spurs. Um, but even after a Brentford player, um, it might have been Ruslev, I think it was, maybe uh, maybe not. Um, but one of the players tried to dive in and block the pass, but couldn't reach it in time. And when the ball fell to him, he kind of slotted it just past uh, Flecken very, very well. Very composed indeed. So very happy with that performance and a goal for Nelson. And I think... When it comes to uh, the idea of playing uh, a left winger, maybe at the weekend, Jorgensen, thank you, Harun. Um, when it comes to the idea of playing with Jesus up top, if Saka's not there, if Martinelli's not there, Trossard's not there, I think Nelson is probably the best pick. Uh, stick Jesus up top, play Nelson on the left, um, and of course, continue in the way that we have been moving forwards with the, the team. So yeah, I think that would be the way if Saka's fit. Play Saka, Nelson on the left, Jesus up top would be my choice of doing it. Aaron Ramsdale pulls off, however, during what has been a very difficult period for him. He pulled off an absolutely unbelievable save. Uh, the shot from the left-hand side, I think it was Wissa who comes in on the right and then centrally smashes a shot towards goal. It's heading in and Ramsdale claws a hand to it to hit the post and clear it away, to which point he turns to the Brentford fans who had been giving him a hell of a lot of stick and really celebrated back at them. And that was just fantastic to see. Um, and certainly a deserved uh, moment of, uh, of celebration for him after going through a period of real uncertainty and difficulty. Uh, he's not been speaking. He's not been kind of doing any media or anything like that. He just wants to focus on himself. And I can't blame the guy for that. He did a brilliant, brilliant job in goal. Yes, there was a bit of a moment in the first half, sure. But he pulled off that save. Onyeka had another shot from outside the box from range. He pushed that one away. And overall, did really, really well. There are really good passes as well. There's some really good passes into the midfield, straight through the middle of the, the Brentford team. And, and one to Inketu in the first half. Uh, one to, I think it was Smith Rowe in the second half that he unfortunately miscontrolled. But Ramsdale did excellently well. Going into the defence and Tommy Asu coming in to play at centre-half, even though... Ben White started the game. Arteta decided to go with Ben White at right back and Tommy Asu come in to replace William Saliba, who didn't travel with the team, getting a rest, we presume, I hope at least. Um, and he had a really, really good game, Tommy Asu. Uh, some fantastic blocks, some really cool, calm, collective passing. Um, but the block in particular when Ben White made a bit of an error, uh, leading to a Yanel opportunity, fantastic anticipation of the shot to get a block in. In the second half, he was making consistent blocks as well. Really Really good stuff from Tommy Asu, and uh, and hopefully um, that's going to be a thing that continues whenever we need to call upon him. And sticking with the defence as well, Jakob Kivior. Now, this is one of the best goal-saving blocks I've seen in a long, long time. It was, I think it was heading for the back of the net. I think it was heading for the post and potentially the side netting. And Kivior reads the, reads the play perfectly, slides in. And stops the shot. I mean, what an amazing piece of defensive work from Kivior there. Um, and who was beyond just the blocks and the tackles that he made. I thought passing-wise, I thought uh, composure was really, really good. And I think, you know, in Tommy Asu and Kivior, we've got some really good depth in that defence for those two positions. Now, people talk about whether or not Tommy Asu is a success and things like this. But for me, Tommy Asu and Kivior offer Arsenal so much so much going forwards and going backwards uh, in terms of their opportunities that they're going to get in terms of the coverage that they give the team as well. Um, so fantastic stuff from both Tommy Asu 
and from Kivior in the team. Smithrow did pick up a small knock, sadly, uh, and uh, I spoke to the guy after the game, and um, you're going to be able to read some of those quotes later on today. But uh, he was, as he walked into the mix zone, um, he was limping, uh, and so he didn't look in the he didn't look like a guy who's going to go and play 90 minutes at the weekend. But Arteta talked about in his press conference how this was kind of down to um, kind of minutes. He says he did pick up a knock, but it wasn't because of that. We had to manage his minutes. His load has seen a big spike in the last two weeks as well, and he was struggling to finish the game. The same with Reese. And I get the idea of that. His, his minutes have spiked a lot in the last couple of weeks, but they shouldn't have spiked a lot in the last couple of weeks. Like We should have been managing minutes maybe a bit better, bringing him off the, uh, the bench a bit sooner. Um, and so I think that from Smith-Rowe's point of view, uh, the injury is is more related to the fact that if we're rushing, not rushing him, but if we're seeing a spike in his minutes all of a sudden and he's getting a bit of a knock, we need to use the squad a little bit better. We need to give them more minutes in games and have them fresh and available and fit and ready to come on when they do need to start some games. But his performance, I thought, was good, was bright, was really unlucky not to get a goal of his own. Of course, he had that fantastic run from right to left into the box and a left-footed shot, which Flecken saved really, really well. If he gets his foot underneath, it may be a bit more and it goes into the top left-hand corner. That would have been more ideal, of course. But it was a re- I think it was a really encouraging display from Smith Rowe. Certainly a performance from him. He just lacks... He's a kid that lacks confidence. Um, and I think that he's ha- maybe had a bit of a knock because of missing so many games um, recently. And it's been an insanely long amount of time since he last started a game for Arsenal. And uh, that maybe has hit his confidence even more. So hopefully that can be built back slowly and steadily. Now, yesterday... You may remember that we talked about in the show, uh, there were some criticisms of Mikel Arteta. There were some criticisms of, of the manager not giving opportunities to young players. And my goodness me, how poorly timed were those claims? <laughs> because in the starting lineup, of course, Mikel Arteta gave a start to a player that no one was calling for to play this game. Uh, Charles Sago Jr., who, to be honest, has gone under the radar uh, in the Arsenal youth teams. He's been playing with the under-18s and the under-21s in the last couple of seasons and has stood out for a lot of his performances. And Arteta gave Sago a start. Um, And I thought that he looked like a player on his debut, to be honest. I did feel for him in some ways because I just felt like Ben White wasn't really passing to him. I I feel like White wasn't convinced by who was on his right. And maybe... Maybe we we can be a little bit critical that White didn't necessarily trust Sago Jr. in certain moments. There was a lovely bit of play in the first half where he, he took the ball calmly beyond a couple of players, but that wasn't enough to convince White that he should be passing to him. Uh, he was quite quiet. Second half, it wasn't uh, the best and lost the ball on a couple of occasions and uh, was kind of easily muscled off the ball. But it's his first appearance, a senior appearance ever, ever. And... Uh, you know, you got to say fair play to him. I love this picture that you can see on the screen at the end of the game. Martin Odegaard quite literally dragged Charles over to the uh, to the Arsenal fans to have his own individual moment to celebrate his debut, which is such a classy move from the captain. Um, so, yeah, happy days indeed. Mario Elneny returned to the team as well. Got to love the twist and shout chant. Um, he has. He really enjoyed himself. I spoke to him as well after the game, and that'll be... Uh, some quotes you'll be able to get coming up soon. But he uh, he's just such a class act. And he's a really important member of the squad as well. And he can take a hell of a long shot. You know, he's unlucky to not get his strike on target. But uh, yeah, Elneny 
very close to getting a goal on his return. I, I do think the guy's an asset. I do think that he's an important part of the, the group and can give you depth in the midfield and give you some consistent displays when he's available. So, yeah, very happy to see him back. Very happy to see him as an option. And hopefully we see him some more probably in the, the West Ham game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Now, were Arsenal a bit lucky? Now, you can see the image on your screen, which I was sent by somebody, and I'm going to laugh at this because uh, I was sent this image saying, Tom, I looked at the lines and I, I, I matched the line and look at the look at the player who's uh, who's there. Now, what I would say is that there is a player playing. There is a player in an offside position here. However, um, the player, the Brentford player that's on the far right hand side of the field is obviously the guy uh, that touches the ball and heads, tries to head the ball back. For then, I think it potentially is, is I think it's either George Jensen um, uh, who gets the header in to, to score in inverted quotation marks, of course. But maybe Arsenal were a little bit lucky um, that VAR was not in operation here because uh, it was, uh, it's a completely straight line, I can tell you that. And it does match the uh, the line of the, the 16 yard box. So there's no, uh, it doesn't uh, wave or curve. It is, uh, using the line of the 16-yard box to try and do that is what I am told <laughs> of when they've gone back and done it. But uh, yeah, maybe if VAR was in play, it would have been very interesting to see if this would have stood or not. Um, but uh, yeah, thankfully, uh, <laughs> thankfully it wasn't in play. And uh, I, to be fair, I don't know why VAR is not there. I really, really don't know why VAR is not in these games. There's loads of... Premier League, at the end of the day, yes, I know you had extra cameras in certain games, but I don't see a problem in having VAR in some games and not in other games. I really don't see. If you've got a Premier League team going up against another Premier League team, you can have VAR. I don't really get why that happened. 18-yard um, box, Adam, sorry. Yeah, 16-yard box, much smaller. 18-yard box, but it uses the 18-yard the box line, apparently. But uh, apparently Arsenal are maybe a little fortunate. Uh, now, the League Cup results elsewhere. Uh, in the day. Uh, Everton progressed past uh, Unai Emery's Aston Villa. Another big result. Everton have really turned their form. Maybe we beat them at the right time. Blackburn Rovers progressed past Cardiff City with a massive 5-2 win. Bournemouth beat Stoke 2-0. Uh, of course, ourselves beat Brentford. Chelsea sneaked by Brighton and Hove Albion thanks to a Nicholas Jackson goal to give them a 1-0 uh, win. Fulham beat Norwich City 2-1. A lot of games going on in West London. Chelsea, Fulham and Brentford all at home. Uh, no issues with the transport on the way back, thankfully. And West Ham beating Lincoln City just 1-0 in their game. And that'll be important for Arsenal in just a second. Leicester City took the lead against Liverpool, but the likes of Dominic Zoboslai with an amazing goal helped Liverpool come back and score three to progress there as well. But the biggest game and the biggest story of the night, of course, was Newcastle United, thanks to Alexander Isak scoring a singular goal to help them beat Manchester City in a game that obviously they did not have. Rodri and Calvin Phillips started a defence midfield in a very strange team that included the likes of Sergio Gomez playing in a forward position. And maybe Man City will regret making as many changes as they did because they're now out of the competition. Does this change the complexion of the tournament? Of course it does. The favourites for the competition are now out and Arsenal will be looked upon along the likes of Liverpool and maybe even Newcastle at this stage with Spurs, of course, already out as well, as maybe one of the potential favourites. Manchester United, of course, go through, having beaten uh, Crystal Palace yesterday. And to give you the full draw uh, of what's going on in the fourth round of the uh, of the Carabao Cup, which we imagine will Arsenal will probably be playing on the first because of West Ham's 
Europa League commitments. But Mansfield play Port Vale. Ipswich play Fulham. Manchester United play Newcastle. Bournemouth play Liverpool. Chelsea play Blackburn. West Ham host Arsenal. Everton against Burnley and Exeter Middlesbrough. So you will have at least one, two lower league sides in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. Either Middlesbrough, Exeter, Mansfield or Port Vale will, of course, be in the quarterfinals of the League Cup. So there could be a very nice draw for somebody if they make it through to that quarterfinal. Arsenal, as we can see, they will be playing against West Ham United. The Declan Rice derby uh, coming through there. The game will be played after Arsenal's home match against Sheffield United and before their away game against Newcastle. Um, so it's a big, big trip after that West Ham game. But Newcastle themselves, of course, are away from home in that fixture as well against Manchester United. So they'll be playing a very strong team, you'd imagine, to try and progress past United. Uh, so a very interesting draws. I can't wait to see what happens. I know that I've gone in on the League Cup a little bit. Um, I would say that the Man City elimination does change the complexion of things and certainly changes the mindset uh, of kind of how we look at the tournament and the possibility of Arsenal maybe winning it. As I've said, and Sophie tweeted me last night, <laughs> of course she did, um, saying um, kind of about how, you know, interesting to hear thoughts on, on this now that Man City are out. And look, I've said before, and I will stick by this, is that for me, the, the League Cup is like the fifth priority this season for me. You've got the Premier League, Champions League, um, the FA Cup, ensuring you qualify for the Champions League in the top four next season. And then the League Cup comes after that. If Arsenal can manage the squad, manage the team, I've got no issues. You know, I know issues at all. My issues are is if we start playing first team players and they get injured because I don't want to see that happening. Uh, I don't want to see that going down. I still would have a very rotated team for that West Ham game. I'd still play plenty of our fringe players in that game. And I'm hoping that there's going to be plenty of players back and we've got a very uh, fit squad uh, at that point. You should have Partey back and fully fit. Hopefully, Trossard, Martinelli, Rice, Saka will all be fine, well fine, well ahead of this. And that we've got no further issues in the team as well. And we can start making some very interesting selection decisions with all of those players back. So, yeah, it'd be great to see if Arsenal... Um, can progress, of course. But of course, uh, I think there are many more competitions that are ahead in my estimations regarding uh, priorities. So there you go. Right, we're going to move to part. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To and your questions right after this. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box then and tackle some of the questions that you've thrown to me. Um, Arsenal Avengers says, League Cup win will brew confidence. We need that as a group and not yet won trophies with this group. Of course, we did win the FA Cup under Arteta, but this group 
does need to win silverware. You know, I think that's fairly obvious. It's certainly worthy of silverware. So Man City being out, Liverpool, Newcastle, Manchester United remaining in the competition. They look to be the biggest uh, threats to an Arsenal win in it. Um, it's not a competition we've won in a very, very long time, of course. I think the last time we won it was under George Graham. So uh, when it comes down to trying to win this tournament, as long as it is not putting a uh, too much of a strain on the team, uh, it's fine. It's fine by me. But it's just when it starts to distract from those other competitions that I have issues, especially considering the semi-finals in two legs. That is just mad. Um, Dave said, Havertz discussed defensively decent, but did we really sign him for that? And the answer is no, Dave. We didn't. We didn't sign Havertz to be good off the ball. He did do some good things going forwards. There was some really good in-cut play. His pass to Nelson, um, when they set up Nelson for the chance that just glanced the post, was a very good pass indeed. I think a lot of people might say he was trying to find Nketiah. I think it was fairly obvious where you see him look up to see Nelson running beyond Nketiah that he does find the space behind the central striker to find Nelson, um, who then does strike the ball very well, just sadly wasn't on target. A lovely little bit of interplay with Jesus to then set up the Nketiah chance as well. But there was a moment in the first half where the ball fell to him in the left-hand side of the box. And I was watching him in um, the warm-ups. And he has that opportunity with the ball at his feet on the left-hand side of the box. And he smashed the shot into the top right-hand corner. And then he had one on his right foot, which he dragged wide. He's so much more right-footed, sorry, left-footed than right-footed. I just felt when he was in that moment, just bang it, mate. Just absolutely leather the ball as hard as you can into the back of the net as much as feasibly accurately as you can. Because as soon as you go back on your right foot, A, it's weaker. And B, you're giving an opportunity for the defender to get back in place, which they did. So if I was Havertz there and I would have been coaching him in his ear, I would have been saying, absolutely leather this ball, just like you did in the warm-ups beforehand. Um, good minutes. Still needs more time. Um, but again, if people have got concerns, I can't begrudge them of having those concerns whatsoever. Ollie says, hey, Tom, question. Why is the FA Cup higher than the League Cup? The League Cup is easier to win and the completed in February without impacting the Champions League and league-ending season. Um, because the FA Cup is a far, far, far more prestigious trophy than the League Cup. That is the answer. Arsenal's history of that competition in itself on an individual level to the club is very, very important. And it's just a far... It's a major trophy, uh, the FA Cup. It's a major trophy, whereas I don't necessarily see the League Cup as a major trophy. Um, so, yeah, the FA Cup is and will always be the greatest domestic cup competition in the world. And so it's just far more prestigious. Uh, John says, with Ramsdale being younger than Raya, do you think he is learning the things Arteta likes that Raya has for the next few seasons? And then you'll eventually see Ramsdale overtake Raya again. Both will play plenty. It's difficult to know, John, to be honest, because the age of Raya isn't one that would, you know, necessarily see him give up the spot in just two, three, four years. Is Ramsdale going to wait that long? That's the question. Um... I'm not sure if he would wait that long. I really think the Ramsdale should have started the Champions League game uh, in midweek. And I think that he, him not doing that created far more of a, a discussion around the topic and far more concern than it needed. And I do point the finger a little bit of Arteta uh, for doing that. So, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's a tricky one to manage this one. Um, Lewis says, what's your second 11 at the moment? Does that, if that's, if everybody's fit, and I suppose I shouldn't include Durian Timber. Um, and I think that when it comes to Durian Timber being available for a second 11, he'd be in the first, but he's not available for all season. So we shouldn't really include him. So in terms of a second 11 at the moment, Ramsdale is seemingly the cup team. Uh, so yep, Ramsdale goes there. 
Um, if, if second 11 means that I, I can't... Can you put a player in your first and second 11? Because I'd put Ben White in both. I think that Ben White is very much... Um, I think Ben White is very much a a player that can play across loads of competitions without having too much of a worry about injury. He's very resilient. He's very hardened. So I'd put Ben White at right back, Tommy Asu, Gabriel, another one of those that I'd put across both teams. Uh, and then Kivior at left back. Into midfields, I think if everybody's fit, you'd probably go with, I suppose, Partey, if you're going to play Rice at DM in your first team. So Partey and Jorginho maybe being a bit of a, a pivot deep and then you can have Vieira or Smith Rowe playing at that 10 and then of course you can go into the forward line which will include I suppose Leandro Trossard because Martinelli would be starting both most games so Leandro Trossard um, Havertz at centre forward for me and then uh, I'd go with Nelson on the right hand side so that's what I'd do you can I suppose you can swap over Trossard and Nelson but that's that's the way that I would do my second 11 I like the idea of playing Havertz up top I think he's a forward it's as simple as that for me. He is a forward. Uh, let's scroll up because I know I would have missed some comments. Uh, who should we play on the right if Saka isn't available this weekend? Probably Nelson. Um, probably Nelson. But then also you've got to consider that maybe Trossard and Martinelli still won't be fit. So let's wait and see. Uh, he didn't train at the start of the week. Hopefully he'll be back. And we don't, Red Star, have any more information yet. Uh, it's still very much just a question. Matthew says, you forgot to mention Jorginho, who had two key passes, eight out of nine jewels, one and three interceptions. Very good performance from Jorginho. Went under the radar, clearly, as well. Um, so, yeah, Jorginho, there you go, Matthew. Uh, did, did very well indeed. There was a moment in the box where he gave the ball away, which I was a bit concerned about. But, yeah. Uh, more than a wheelchair, says, Tom, am I wrong? But the number one should be the Premier League, number two FA Cup, three League Cup, for Champions League. Quality for next season's Champions League will come in number one anyway. The League Cup is the easiest to win to get a trophy. No, goodness me, no. Uh, Smith, uh, Champions League is, you know, on a similar level to the, the Premier League and we should be looking to try and win the Champions League. It's far more, far, 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 far above the League. It's not being easier to win. As I've said before, very few people care, you know, about who wins the League Cup. It's just, it's become a bit of a comedy tournament. Um, and the Champions League and having Champions League football is is above uh, the League Cup for me, without a doubt. Uh, Ray says, do you know something about Ozymen, Tom, that we don't? It seems to have blown up over nothing at Napoli. No, I don't know anything about the situation, only what has been going around in the socials over the last um, uh, thing. In terms of it blown up over nothing, I wouldn't call it nothing. If you've seen the posts that have been going out over the, if you've seen the evidence that's been suggested, it's certainly not being blown up over nothing, Razor. That's for sure. Because if you've seen the video, it's frankly disgusting. Uh, G Weber says, hi, Tom. Does Nelson deserve a start in the Premier League? Uh, yes, I think that he does. I think if Saka's fit, but neither of Trossard or Martinelli are, Nelson should be starting on that left-hand side. Um for me on the weekend, I would be starting Nelson in that game. Um, Kevin says Champions League is also a good way to earn more money, even if we don't ultimately win. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. We've needed to get the money from the Champions League for a very long time. The way in which Arsenal were investing a significant amount into this team, we were spending an amount of money that could not be sustained in the Europa League for an extended period of time. So making sure that we're in the, the Champions League will help us sustain and be more competitive moving forwards. And that is something that is obviously overlooked. People talk about silverware and the League Cup being important, but the League Cup gets you next to nothing in terms of kind of 
setting you up for success moving forward, whereas the Champions League gives you a hell of a lot, a massive, massive, massive amount. Um, let's go to uh, Lewis. The only time I find the League Cup important is if we face Spurs and we're denying them a chance of silverware. I mean, not obviously if we're in the final, <laughs> which we have been uh, most recently against Man City when Mustafi made that horrific uh, mistake against Aguero uh, under Arsene Wenger, of course. Uh, no updates regarding Trossard, Raisaka, Jalali. Um, Mikel Arteta has his press conference tomorrow, so we'll hear about the latest on those guys in tomorrow's press conference. Um, Razor says, I've seen the post. The page seems to post a lot of rubbish. Not sure it's contact contract terminating worthy. I think the CEO's stance on ACM was far worse. I don't know the, the CA, the, the, that, that situation, but please feel free to send that through to me. But I don't, if you've ever heard the phrase, two wrongs don't make a right. If you've seen the posts and can't recognize what's wrong with them, maybe speak to somebody that does, and then they can give you some very good advice on why they're very, very wrong indeed. Uh, Alex says, Tom, uh, with Arteta potentially mid-profiling Havertz as a midfielder, uh, and maybe eventually fitting him as a forward, does that become a problem in finding room for the elite striker? Uh, I think that he may... I uh, Maybe misprofiling is what you meant to type. I'm assuming so. Um, if he's misprofiled him as a midfielder, I'm going to be concerned. This is a lot of money that we've invested into the into that player, into that position for the player. And if we've misprofiled him, which some people are suggesting maybe has happened then that's a big investment. But I really, really, really hope that he he succeeds and develops and adjusts, transitions into this role. Uh, let's let's wait and see. Um, Jason says, can you wait for punish Napoli over that Ozzyman situation and let a sanction a free transfer to Arsenal? Uh, I don't know about a UEFA sanction. I don't know about that. All I know is that they're seeking legal advice. And in that case, you know, my confidence in talking about it is is very, very low indeed. Uh, Mark says, I heard Ozzyman is considering suing Napoli over this. If it's just a pretense for him to leave and come to Arsenal, that's fine with me. I've talked about this before. I think Arsenal, before this happened, you know, I was saying about Ozzyman, you know, I think that he's a player that uh, um, should, without a doubt, um, be looking to try and uh, and be targeted by Arsenal. And Arsenal should be looking at trying to go for that elite level of striker, of which I think Ozzyman is in the category of. And that's why we should go for him. Uh, Digi says, on Kai, Tom, is it just me? But I find him not so confident on the ball. The moment somebody passes the ball, one touch and he passes it. The majority of the time his passes are not precise. I don't think that's true, by the way, about the majority of the time his passes not being precise. They are precise. It's just he's not showing enough. He's not showing enough. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, directness? No. Um it's like the, the idea that you would that your first thought is to progress the ball, move it forwards, get into danger. He's not showing enough of... I can't think of the word. <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying. For me, it's always kind of drive, I guess, maybe, Dave. I don't think that was quite the word I was looking for. Initiative. is. I think he's not showing enough kind of offensive initiative to take the ball and confidently go at the opponents and play the, play the ball in behind. And he's not showing enough of that for me yet. He's far too... He's, he's far too calm. He's far too safe. And I just need to see him be a little bit more risky, um, but not too much because we don't want to repeat the Man United thing. But yeah, he's, he's not showing enough initiative going forwards to, to kind of take the ball, turn and go. 
It's always kind of little purpose. That's a great word, Viju. Yes. He's not showing enough attacking purpose right now. And I think that is, for me, the biggest question mark uh, about Kai Havertz right now. Um, Falou says, two issues with Kai. Weak press and a lack of confidence slash initiative. He's too shy, says Tyron. Um, and Pappy says, courage is still an impetus. Impetus! Another good words. I love words. They're great. <laughs> and Dave, his body language it does sometimes feel like he's he's hiding a little bit. Not managed to catch him in the mix zone yet. Not very confident walking through and wants to talk to the media yet. Maybe that will change if his form changes. But uh, yeah, no dice last night. That's for sure. Uh, Amberly says that's something that could very much be down to a low confidence. Of course, of course. And hopefully he builds up that confidence slowly. But I tell you what, not what is not going to help him is him getting bashed over and over again and abused online by his own fans, in inverted quotation marks. So, yeah, that's that's also something that needs to be considered. Uh, Paul says, is Havertz just a slow learner? About specific actions in specific places and, fa- and phases, which isn't always easy to pick up. And it is going to take some time for him to learn this and learn this system. But he's got time. But do Arsenal is the question. Uh, CJ Dan says, Havertz seems to be mentally fragile, doesn't seem to like transfer place enough importance on mental strength and personality. Partly why Rice move is a success. It's because of his mentality. Look, the, the transfers and the, the work that goes on behind transfers looks into mentality. So I don't know if that's... I think it's just the confidence of when he started. You know, I think that's... It's, in pre-season, he was getting battered. Absolutely battered already. Um... And that it's not acceptable, to be honest, in some ways, to see the reaction. What I would say is that in the stadium, there is a great show of patience, I think, from the Arsenal fans, especially at the Emirates. That game against Man United, where he had a a bit of a meh, to be honest, uh, I think that the Arsenal crowd were really patient with him. And they didn't get on his back. And you have to give credit to the, the home support. But... Yeah, online is a different story. And on other channels is a different story. And in the media is a different story. Because he's getting battered online and out there um, away from the ground. So, yeah. Clive says conviction. He's missing conviction. Yeah, that's a good word as well. Authority. Authority and conviction. And Arsenal, Arsenal can't have passengers. Arsenal need to have protagonists. Arsenal need to have people that will take the ball themselves and can win games in the scruff of the net. You look at Odegaard. Odegaard can take a game and grab it and, and throw it into Arsenal's hold. And I haven't got that sense yet from uh, from Havertz. Right, we're going to re- end the show there. Before I do, though, uh, Chris has been a month, uh, a month. Chris has been a member for 37 months. So a massive congratulations to Chris on how long you've been with us here at TGT. Uh, though there were a few times that he was waiting to be fed the ball from a one-two with Eddie, and he was in, but Eddie passed backwards. And it's a good point. Maybe he's not being trusted enough by some of his other teammates at the moment. But thank you, Chris, and thank you for your dedicated support. Fantastic stuff. Uh, thank you to everybody that has been tuning into the show this morning. If you've got any thoughts on anything we've discussed, please do leave your thoughts in the comment section down below. I'll be back uh, tomorrow morning, of course, for the Arsenal News Show to round up everything that's gone on in the past 24 hours, including a look ahead to the Mikel Arteta's press conference. Any thoughts on the draw? Any thoughts on what you would like to see from Arsenal in this competition and how you would like us to manage it with the rotation of the fixtures that are coming up as well? I'd very much like to read through your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Mikel Arteta giving a debut to a youth academy product? Product, product, that's the word. After, of course, 
all of the controversy and debate that we had yesterday. I was told that Arteta wasn't doing a good enough job in blooding youngsters. And yet, less than 24 hours later, there he is, blooding a youngster, <laughs> giving him a debut. Brilliant stuff. I love it when Arteta does that. Anyway, have a fantastic day, people. Stay safe, stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.